danger because there is no place for them in the end. We continue today with talking about the promises of Christmas. The promises of Christmas. And what are these great promises? Well, they're the promises that we have with Advent. Each week we remember a different theme. Last week, peace. Today, hope. We're going to be talking about hope. Next week we'll be talking about joy. And then finally we talk about love. And then finally on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, both, you remember Christ. All these things are not found in ourselves. They're not found in the world, in our relationships, in our bank accounts, in our jobs, or in our our medical security, our physical health, of which some are in better condition than the others. All these things are only found in that great gift of love from God to his people, Jesus Christ as Lord. You know, it's kind of a sad thing, and some of you can be convicted here today, myself as well in many ways, but it's kind of a sad thing that Christmas decorating often starts so soon. You see, some of you, before Christmas even gets here, before Thanksgiving even gets here, you're already thinking not just of this year's Christmas decorating, but next year. Some of you, let's have a raise of hand, before Thanksgiving was here, you were playing Christmas music. My hand is raised with you. Some of you, before summertime was even over, you might have played a Christmas song here as well. Any hands? My daughter, Alexa, your hand should be up because she has been playing Christmas songs on the guitar probably since December 31st of last year. And that's my point. You see, we need to take time to reflect on these things that truly matter because so often we spend so much time focusing on the trivial things. You see, with great anticipation, with great hope, every single day, we're awaiting that Christmas day. In fact, that's why we're putting up Christmas lights. That's why we're wrapping gifts to put under the tree. That's why some of you, maybe even already, have picked up a gift and given it a little shake, shake, shake. Because with great anticipation, with great hope, you're awaiting to see is what in, what's in that box or that bag what you've been hoping for. With great anticipation, great hope, we listen to the music. We watch the movies. And we all have a different favorite movie. For Seamus back there, it might be Elf. I'm trying to see what shirt he has. Oh, Snoopy. Maybe it's Charlie Brown's Christmas. (laughs) White Christmas. It's a wonderful life. There's wonderful Christmas movies out there. And they're all great things. The anticipation, the hope of the day. It is almost as enjoyable as the day itself. But that's where it comes. That's where my question comes. How much time do we spend truly reflecting about the day itself? That's what we're doing through Advent. That's what we're doing throughout this month. We're remembering the promises of Christmas. We're taking time away from the shopping, away from the music, away from the movies, away from the gifts. And don't get me wrong. I know there's kids in here, maybe even a few adult men who are thinking right now about that gift. Hopefully it's not just the gifts that's waiting for them, but the, the gifts they can't wait to give. But at the center of our face is a great gift that goes abundantly beyond anything under that tree. And that's the gift of Christ, because through him we have hope. And that's what we talk about today. We talk about the promised hope. The promised hope. Now, within this promised hope, we need to understand it's not what you think it is. If I haven't made that clear already, it's not what you think it is. Hope, it's a word we use so often. We use it in ways like, I hope this tree fits. 
Miss Bobby Jeffrey, as she was doing a wonderful job decorating this room, she put in this tree, and I'm sure she was thinking, I hope this fits. As you notice, she said it could not have been any taller. It is the perfect height. Maybe you think, I hope I get what I want for Christmas. I hope Grandma doesn't get ran over by a reindeer. Or I hope it snows this year. Or I hope it doesn't snow this year. But with all this talk about hope, we need to look to where hope truly comes from. Hope comes in Jesus. And hope is not just something for the future. Hope is for today. In 1 Peter 1.13, Peter talks a lot about hope. And he talks a lot about not just where hope comes from, but how we are to hope. 1 Peter 1.13 says this. I have a slide up there for it, Dave. It says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, in this, I want you to see where it says being sober-minded. It's not talking about how much alcohol you drink or shouldn't drink. However, we can understand that too, that we shouldn't be drinking so much alcohol that you can't even think, let alone think about Christ. But the talk about alcohol consumption is for another day. The talk about hope in Christ is for the day today. And this tells us our hope is to be in, fully in and on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus. Let's talk about this hope for a moment. A hope is not meant to be something that just impacts our future but today as well. That's point number one if you're taking notes. It's this, hope certainty about the future impacts the present reality. That's that next slide, Dave. Hope certainty about the future impacts the present reality. Throughout our hope-filled lives, the way we look at the world should be through hope-filled minds. Not as the world is right now, but how the world will be when Christ comes again. Let me repeat that again. The way we look at the world should be through our hope-filled minds, not as it is right now, but as it will be when Christ comes to set all things right. But in this hope-filled mind, we must not just think about the future and not just think about today. Now hear me out here. I did say hope certainty about the future impacts one's present reality but what we have hope for in the future is also set by what god's already done in the past you see hope is not set on an optimism which is void of any type of reason or any type of re uh, of meaning it's based on specific historical events which make us understand we can trust god for example Jesus' arrival as a baby, what we celebrate at Christmas, his life, his death, his resurrection were all moments in history which set in motion the hope for living, not just in the future, but today as well. For if we forget these things, if we don't know these things, we're not living for the hope in the future or the present life either. History is a vast early warning system. History is important to remember and to realize and to study. Tim Jacobson was giving a fantastic lesson last night on the promises, the prophecy, the historical events of which God has done for his people at the Sinks get-together. Some income, no children. And I was sitting there eating some of their wonderful food with a child. I don't know if that was okay or not, but nobody kicked me out. 
Uh, Tim, I apologize for leaving a bit early, but <laughs> we just wanted the food. <laughs> no, we had, we had to get going, but Tim was giving a wonderful lesson. You see, these historical events help shape what we understand, not just about the future, but about today. Maybe you can think in your own life about your hope and what it's based upon. How do you get to that hope? I have an, under, uh, an illustration about hope here. And you're going to have to listen all the way through. Because if you shut me off after this first statement, you're not going to hear the full story. I despise snow. I despise snow. There's already people looking at me. So I just want to clarify I love its beauty. I love the whiteness. It looks beautiful right now in the Lundgren car right there. What I despise about snow is the fact that somebody has to clean off that car. Are you with me, Alec? Oh, he's not here. How about Brian? You're probably cleaning it off for him. I love snow. I love the, the fun the kids are going to have with it. I love the fun of driving and doing donuts in it, hopefully in a parking lot. Don't check the cameras. <laughs> But I despise snow because I know about all the work that's going to come from it, all the pain that's going to come from it, all the heart attacks or physical struggles which will come from the snow. But here's the thing. I also have hope that goes beyond the snow because despite the fact that with every snowflake that falls, and there's a lot of them, I can think to myself, oh, there's another second out there of shoveling. You're with me, you understand. You can despise snow because you can think of all the work that it's going to create. You can despise snow as you think about, oh man, i got to get up an hour earlier. And if you know me, I hate getting up early in the morning. But you can also focus on the hope of knowing the fun that can happen despite or with the snow. And then more, most importantly, most importantly, and hear this, it will melt. It will melt. It will come to an end. And praise God, we have spring right around the corner. And look, we haven't even had much snow yet. But here's the point. We live in a sin-filled world. We live in a broken world. We live with many problems all around us, whether it be medical and physical health or finances or emotional struggles, whether it be struggles of the mind or struggle of relationships. We can look forward with great anticipation that Jesus will return. That's the hope that we have, people. That's the hope that we have. And in that first P Peter scripture, we're told to be preparing our minds for action, being sober-minded. And when we talk about being sober-minded, it means we are being ready. Our minds are clearly focused that this is not the end. I've gotten so far away from my notes, I don't even know where to begin again. So I'm just going to skip forward here. And I'm going to say this. I have hope. And this is another slide, Dave. He's all over the place, lost too, probably because I've gone all over. I have hope because of a known future reality. Based upon historical events, that is reshaping my present circumstances and life. And you can too. You can have hope because of a known future reality. Christ is coming again. A known future reality that through the grace of, of God, through his riches and his love through Jesus, you know where you're going to go. Based upon historical events and what God's already done to shape the future, he can also reshape your present circumstance and your life. But with that, I ask, where is our focus? Where is our mind? 
Because we can allow Satan, we can allow the world and all the distractions to get in the way. All the, all the death and all the struggles, all the darkness, all the gloom, all the sinfulness, all the unrighteousness can take our mind off Christ or can put our mind more on him. Let's get to the scriptures for today, the main scriptures. Isaiah 9-2 tells us that the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. In the days of the Old Testament, the people would be looking greatly forward to the light being shunned, to the light shining in the darkness. They would look forward with great anticipation to the prophecies being fulfilled, to the promise of a Messiah. And today we look to the life of Simeon. In Luke chapter 2, verse 25 to 35, if you want to open the Word of God or if you want to look on the screen, it'll be here. In the Word in front of you in the Pew Bibles, it's page 805. And we have a great promise of light seen, fulfilled in Simeon's life here. You see, after Jesus' birth, Mary and Joseph took their newborn son, Jesus, to the temple to participate in some of the traditional Jewish customs of the day. And when they arrived at the temple, Simeon was there waiting. Waiting. He knew just when to be there and he knew just what to do. Let's read together or follow me as I read. It says this. Luke 2, 25 to 35 tells us the story of Simeon. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout. Where do you know a couple facts about this man, Simeon? He's righteous and he's devout. But look at this following statement. Despite the fact that he is waiting for the consolation of Israel... And the Holy Spirit was upon him. So despite he's in a point of waiting, a place of waiting, he is devout. He is righteous. We too, in our place of waiting for consolation. Consolation means comforting or encouragement. Or we can look forward and know in salvation, Simeon is devout. He's righteous. How are we acting in our points of waiting? Are we acting devout and righteous? It goes on. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Holy Spirit. And now he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents, Mary and Joseph, brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all your peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So we know from history that Simeon was an old man at this point, most likely over 100 years old. One, one commentator said most likely he was around 112 years old. His life was promised to be spared until he saw the Messiah. Now many other people, they miss the Messiah because they're looking for a different type of Messiah. Here's Simeon, he had the inside scoop. He had the Holy Spirit guiding him just to the Messiah and just at the right time. 
Simeon, he had seen many wars, many battles. He had seen the Romans conquering over Israel, over Jerusalem, over his people. And yet in scripture, we see right here, he remained devout. He remained righteous despite all the failings, despite all the pain, all the persecution. He remained devout and righteous to the Lord. What a great encouragement we have for ourselves here. But also, what a great, great illustration we have of hope. Because Simeon hoped in the Lord. He hoped in Christ's coming. He would not die until he saw the Messiah. Here we see point number two. Hope comes out of deep longings and desperate need. I don't know about you, but I felt recently like there's a lot of things tugging at my life which want to take away my hope. There's a lot of struggles Maybe it's in the news, maybe it's in the politics, maybe it's in your families or your relationships with friends or co-workers. Maybe it's in other worldly things. But this right here encourages me because hope comes out of deep longings and desperate need. And this is especially true when we think of Christ Jesus, our Lord. He was literally burst out of a great need of us. God sent Jesus for us of a deep need to be reconciled back to him, to be redeemed and forgiven of our sin. Hope comes out of deep longing and desperate need. So as we're struggling with whatever you're struggling with in life, you can see even more hope is coming from this. Amen? Hope is coming for you. Simeon was at the temple waiting for encouragement, waiting for comfort, waiting to see his Messiah. But we need not wait. We have the Messiah. So how much more should we understand this hope today? How much more should we focus on it too? The Christmas Advent season allows us to fill a deep, deep need that you have for God. And we should. You see, Simeon's hope, his expectancy was burst out of his awareness of the deep need for God's comfort and healing. And sometimes we want to ignore how much pain we're in. We want to ignore what's happening to us or around us. But it's in recognizing these things that we can most appropriately see the hope that we have. We must recognize our struggles to truly acknowledge the hope that we have in our life. We must find hope first, though, in Christ. As that first Peter says, to be sober, to be ready, to be clear-minded with remembering the grace of Christ of which we all have. That means find hope in the darkness. Find hope with the light of Jesus. Many of us, when we get a sense of our need, we just fill it with more shopping, with more accomplishments, with more parties, with more denial, with more, more alcohol or drinking games or whatever else. And some of these are great things, not the drinking games. Hear me on that. But how much are we seeking Jesus? Instead of leaning into our deepest need for God's comfort and healing in our lives, we sometimes try to just distract ourselves from what's happening. But don't distract yourselves from what's happening with something that doesn't truly fix what's happening. Remind yourself of the grace, the peace, the love, the hope which comes through Christ. Friends, this Christmas season, this Advent, we need to look around and truly engage this Christmas season. Don't busy ourselves so much with the trivial things that we forget about the eternal things. The ancient prayer of Advent is, come, Lord Jesus, come. 
And it's okay to live with that. We should live with that same idea. Come, Lord Jesus, come. But don't get so focused on the gloom and the doom and the pain and the struggles that we fail to see the hope that we should be living with too. Don't deny what's happening. Also, don't self-soothe yourself to get over what's happening. But remember Jesus and find true hope, the promised hope which God gives you. And that's number three, finally, our final point here. Hope is found in a person. Who is that person? The Son of God, Jesus. Hope is not found in something. But despite knowing that, we keep going through those things. We keep going to our 401ks or or our social security. Um, We keep going through some relationship or a job or a president or politicians. We keep going to medical reports and physical health and we think, I'm okay as long as I can get this figured out. But some of you know more than others, those things will always let us down. It will always come back around. But the one thing which never leaves us and never forsakes us The one thing which never lets us down is God and his love, Jesus. Because it was given to us freely, yet while we were still sinners. And he will never take that away from us. Our hope is in Jesus and his promised arrival in the future to restore all that is broken. We find hope, like Simeon, in being devout, being righteous, and continuing to do his work preparing ourselves but as we prepare prepare ourselves don't hope in things don't hope in your own wants or desires hope in god's promises hope in jesus it's only in this hope given through god's promise of jesus that we find true life and living hoping in anything else is just settling for a lesser thing it just leads more frustration and pain but hoping in christ never lets you down So in the midst of all you're going through this morning, I encourage you, find hope in Christ. Find hope in Christ. Take time to truly engage in the meaning and the advent of Christmas. What are you struggling with? What has captured your mind in your time? Take a moment and focus on Jesus. As we close, I have that thought, come, Lord Jesus, come. During this Advent season, wait and hope with great preparation. Wait with great hope and preparation. Wait with preparing your hearts for peace, reminding yourself the hope and the joy and the love you have through Christ. And as you prepare, I have a few ideas for you, and maybe you can come up with your own too. But it's this, as we think about preparing ourselves, how can we prepare ourselves for Christ's return even better? Maybe it's in forgiving someone who's acted wrongly against us. Something that you're holding against somebody. Maybe it's in seeking forgiveness from someone. Maybe it's in seeking the forgiveness of God through Christ. Maybe you prepare yourself by digging deep into God's word, deep into his characteristics, his attributes, his love. Maybe it's in diving deep into the doctrine which guides us every day. Maybe it's in digging deep in serving and loving one another. How can you prepare yourself? Remember that scripture. We should be sober-minded and we should be preparing ourselves ready for Christ's return at any day. But as you think about that, don't just prepare yourself. Think about others. God wants us to continue the work. Continue the work. 
We close today with remembering Jesus is coming. Be prepared, be ready, be waiting, for in Christ is hope, in Christ is peace. Let me close in prayer. There's no closing song. We did that earlier, but I do encourage you to join us for Sunday school. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your hope. We thank you that we don't live hopeless lives like so many in the world. We don't live lives where we need to go seeking to find your peace, for you have blessed us greatly and provided it already. Lord, we pray, help us to remember these things. Help us to live in these things every single day. May we engage in the true meaning of Christmas. May we engage in this Advent. And even just this week, maybe, truly focus on hope and talk with someone today and tomorrow and every day this week about the hope that we know to be true. Lord, may we remember that our hope comes from deep needs deep struggles, deep burdens. So when we're, when we're struggling with our hope, we can remember even more. It's there because that's why and when you gave it to us. May we remember that our hope isn't just for some future thing, but it's for today. It's a present reality and it's based off historical events which you've already made come to be. And Lord, most importantly, may we remember this hope comes from a person. It comes from Jesus. May we spread this news far and wide. May all people hear glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining me in worship today. We look forward to seeing you next week. God bless.